In this episode, we talk with a video pioneer who drove a popular open source codec project before joining a commercial codec company. Trust me, you want to hear what he told us about proprietary technology, open source, IP licensing, and royalties. The Video Insiders is the show that makes sense of all that is happening in the world of online video, as seen through the eyes of a second-generation Kodak nerd and a marketing guy who knows what iframes and macro blocks are. And here are your hosts, Mark Donegan and Dror Gill. Okay, well, welcome back, everyone, to this very special edition. Every edition is special, isn't it, Drawer? That's right, especially the first editions where everybody's so excited to see what's, what's going to happen and how it will evolve. You know, it's amazing, Drawer. We had, in the first, like, 48 hours, more than 180 downloads. Wow. You know, we're like encoding geeks. I mean, are there even 180 of us in the world? I don't know. I think you should count the number of people who come to Ben Wagoner's, uh, you know, compressionist breakfast at NAB. <laughs> that's about the whole industry, right? Yeah, that's <laughs> the whole industry. Hey, we want to thank, uh, seriously, in all seriousness, all the listeners who have been uh, supporting uh, us, and we just really appreciate it. And we have an amazing guest lined up uh, for today. And this is a little personal for me. It was um, IBC 2017. I had said something about a product that he was uh, representing, driving, developing at the time. And in fact, it was factually true. He didn't like it so much. And, you know, we sort of exchanged some words. And, and here's the ironic thing. This guy now works for us. Isn't, isn't that an amazing drawer? Yeah. Isn't that amazing? <laughs> and, and you know what? And we love each other. So the story ended well. Talk about a good Hollywood ending. You know, well, um, we are talking today with Tom Vaughn. I'm going to let you, you know, introduce yourself, tell the listeners really quick um, about yourself. And uh, yeah, Tom, welcome. Hey, Mark. Hey, Dror. Good to be here. As Mark mentioned, I, uh, I'm Beamer's um, VP of strategy, joined Beamer in January this year. Um, before that, I was um, Beamer's probably primary competitor, um, the person who started and led the X265 project at Multicoreware. And um, we were fierce competitors, but we were always friendly um, and always friends. Got to know the Beamer team um, when Beamer first brought their image compression science um, from the photo industry to the video industry, which was three or four years ago. Really enjoyed collaborating with them and, and um, brainstorming and working with them. And we've always been allies in the, in the fight to uh, make new formats um, successful and um, deal with some of the structural issues uh, in the industry. Let, let me translate. New formats, that means HEVC. Structural issues, that means patent royalties. <laughs> yes. Okay, you can continue. <laughs> no need to be subtle here. So, uh, yeah, we had a, a many discussions over the years about how to deal with um, those, you know, challenging, you know, the challenging macro environment in the codec space. And, you know, I decided to join the winning team at Beamer this year, and it's been um, fantastic. Well, we're so happy to have you have you aboard, Tom. Um, you know, I'd, I'd like to just really jump in. Uh, you have a lot of expertise in the area of open source. And 
in the industry, um, there's a lot of, you know, discussion and debate. And, you know, some would even say there's religion uh, around um, open source versus proprietary technology. But um, you've been on both sides. And I'd really like to jump into the conversation and have you um, give us a real quick primer, you know, as to what is open source. Well, uh, uh, open source is you know, kind of basic. What it, what it says um, is that uh, you can get the full source code to um, that software. Now, there, are, there isn't just one flavor of open source in terms of the software license that you get. There are many different open source licenses. So some have more restrictions and some have less restrictions on uh, what you can do. You know, there, there are some well-known open source software programs and platforms um, Linux is probably the most well-known in the multimedia space. There's uh, FFmpeg and um, LibAV. Uh, there's VLC, uh, you know, the multimedia player. And in the codec space, um, you know, X264, X265, VP9, AV1, uh, etc. I think the main uh, attraction of Open Source, the main, uh, I think the main feature is that people from all over the world join together, collaborate, um, each one contributes their own piece, then somehow this is managed uh, together. Um, every bug that is discovered, anyone can fix it because uh, the source is open. Um, and this creates kind of a community and together a piece of software is created that is uh, much uh, larger and, um, and more uh, robust than anything that a single developer could do on his own. Uh, yeah, ideally, um, the fact that uh, source code is open means that um, you have many sets of eyes, not only trying the program, but able to go through the source code and see exactly how it was written, and therefore, uh, more code review uh, can happen. On the collaboration side, you're looking for volunteers, and if you can find um, and energize uh, many, many people worldwide to become enthusiastic and devote time or get their companies motivated to allocate developers full or part-time to a particular open source project. Uh, you get that collaboration from many different types of people with different individual use cases and motivations. There are patches submitted from many different people, but someone has to decide, does that patch get committed or, or are there problems with that? Um, should it be changed? And Designed by committee isn't always the optimal. So someone or some small group has to decide what should should be included, what should be left out. It's interesting to see actually the difference between X264 and X265 in this respect. The, yeah. Because X264, the, the open source implementation of H264 was led by a group of developers, really independent developers, and no single company was owning or leading the development of that open source project. However, with X265, which is the open source implementation of HEVC, uh, your previous company, MultiCoreWare, has taken the lead and uh, devoted, I assume, most of the development resources that have gone into the open source development. Most of the contributions came from that company, but it is still an open source project. That's right. X264 was started by some students uh, at a French university. And when they were graduating, uh, leaving the university, they convinced the university to enable them to take the code with them, essentially under an open source license. And it was very much kind of grassroots, open source uh, beginnings and uh, execution where developers may come and go, but it was a community collaboration. 
I started X265 at MultiCoreWare with, with a couple of other individuals. Um, and the way we started it was um, finding some commercial companies who expressed a, a strong interest in, in such a thing coming to life and who uh, you know were early backers commercially. It was uh, quite different. And then because there's a small team of full-time developers on it working 40 hours plus a week, that team is moving very fast. It's organized. It's within a company. And, you know, there was less of a need for, you know, a community. Uh, so while we did everything we could to attract uh, more external contributors, that is uh, attracting contributors is, is always a challenge of open source projects. What I hear you saying, Tom, is it, it sounds like compared to the X264 project, the X265 project um, didn't have as large of a independent group of contributors is that well x264 was all independent contributors that's right uh, and, and still is essentially there are many companies that fund x264 developers explicitly um chip companies will will fund individual developers to uh optimize popular open source software projects for their instruction set you know abx abx2 abx512 essentially uh things like that or arm optimization or power pc altivec optimization things things like that hevc is significantly more complex than abc and uh i think if i recall correctly x265 already has three times the number of commits than x264 even though it's only been in existence for one third of the life. So Tom, what's interesting to me is everybody's talking about open source software being almost uh, synonymous with free software. Is open source uh, really free? Is it the same? It, it, it can be at times. And it in one part depends on um, the license and, and the other part depends on how you're using the software. So for example, if it's a very open license like Apache or BSD or UIUC, um, that's kind of an attribution-only license, and you're pretty much free to create modifications, incorporate the software in your own works, and distribute the resulting system. Software programs like uh, X264 and X265 are licensed under the G GNU GPL v2, and that is uh, an open source license that has a copyleft requirement. That means if you incorporate that in a larger work and distribute that larger work, you have to open source not only your modifications, but you have to open source the larger work. And most commercial companies don't want to incorporate some open source software in their commercial product and then have to open source the commercial product. So the owners of the copyright of the GPL v2 code, um, X264 LLC or MultiCore, also offer a commercial license, meaning you get access to that software, not under the GNU GPL v2, but under a separate, different license, in which case for you, it's not open source anymore. And your commercial license dictates what you can and can't do. And generally, that commercial license doesn't include the copyleft requirement. So you can incorporate it in some commercial product and distribute that commercial product without open sourcing your commercial product. And then you're actually licensing that software as you would license it from a commercial company. Exactly. In that case, it's not open source at all. It's a commercial license. It's interesting what you said about the, the GPL, you know, the fact that anything that you compile with it, create derivatives of, incorporate into your software, you need to open source those components that you integrate with as well. I think this is what triggered Steve Ballmer to say in 2001, he said something like, 
Open source is a cancer that spread through throughout your company and eats your IP. And uh, <laughs> that was very interesting. I, I think he, he, he meant, you know, mostly GPL because of that requirement. But the interesting thing is that he said that in 2001 and in 2016, in an interview, he said, I was wrong and I really love Linux. And today, Microsoft uh, itself open sources a lot of its uh, own development. That's right. Yeah, that's right. Well, Tom, let's, uh, this has been an awesome discussion. Let's uh, bring it to a conclusion. When is proprietary technology the right choice? And, you know, when is uh, open source maybe the correct choice? Uh, can you give the listeners some uh, guidelines? Yeah, sure. The, um, people are trying to solve problems. Engineers, uh, companies are trying to um, build products and services, and they have to compete in their own business environment. And let's say you're a video service, and um, you run a video business, and the quality of that video and the efficiency that you can deliver that video um, matters a lot. So we know what those advantages of open source are, and, and uh, all things being equal, people gravitate towards open source a lot because engineers feel comfortable comfortable actually uh, seeing the source code, uh, being able to read through it, find bugs uh, themselves if uh, pushed to the limit. But at the end of the day, um, if an open source project can't produce the winning implementation of something, you shouldn't uh, necessarily use it just because it's open source. At the end of the day, you have a business to run, and what you want is the most performant libraries and, and platforms um, to build your business around. And if you find that a proprietary implementation uh, in the long run uh, is more cost effective, uh, more efficient, higher performance, and the company that is behind that proprietary implementation is solid and is going to be there for you and uh, provide a contractual commitment to support you, there's no reason to not choose uh, some proprietary code to incorporate into your product or service. When we're talking about codecs, there are particular qualities I'm looking for. Performance, um, how fast does it run? How efficiently does it utilize uh, compute resources? How many cores do I need in my server to run this in real time? And compression efficiency, what kind of video quality can I get at a given bit rate under a given set of conditions? And I don't want the second best implementation. I want the best implementation of that standard because at scale, I can save a lot of money if I have a more efficient implementation of that standard. Those are excellent pointers. It just really comes back to we're solving problems, right? And it's easy to get sucked into, you know, sort of religious debates about some of these things. But at the end of the day, we all have an obligation to do what's right and what's best for our companies, which includes, you know, selecting the best technology. What is going to do the best job is solving the problems. Thank you again for joining us. My pleasure. Thank you. I, I would also like to thank you for joining us, not only joining us in this podcast, but also joining Beamer. Absolutely. Well, we want to thank you, the listener, for again joining the Video Insiders, and we hope you will subscribe. You can go to thevideoinsiders.com and you can uh, stream from your browser. You can subscribe on iTunes. We're on Spotify. We are on Google Play. We're expanding every day. Thank you for listening to the Video Insiders Podcast, a production of Beamer Limited. To begin using Beamer's Codex today, go to beamer.com forward slash free to receive up to 100 hours of no-cost HEVC and H.264 transcoding every month.